0: Hello and welcome again to the PPC Podcast. Uh, Today, uh, I decided that we should do something a little bit different. One of the things that Tobin and I talked about last week is it would be interesting and fun uh, to talk about some cultural and social issues and the Christian response, or maybe even the the PPC uh, response, whatever it is that our, our culture is here at PPC. So today with us is Alfredo.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Good, good. And I thought it'd be really uh, fascinating, but also uh, in informative, if we talked about uh, your home country, Venezuela, and talked about the crisis uh, that's happening there with the government and the economy, um, because I I think sometimes we assume we know what it is, um, and you have a really uh, connected perspective, and I think it'd be cool to talk about kind of the Christian response to that. Um, so let's start with. Uh, if you feel comfortable, if, if you could, share with us kind of, in your perspective, what's going on. You know, we hear about the Venezuela's crisis, we hear about the economy, and we hear about the people having nothing, you know, uh, explain a little bit, if you can, some of the background and what's happening there.
1: So initially, as most of everybody knows, uh, people were promised, you know, basically another paradise on earth, you know, when the beginning of the Government that is there for probably twenty years or so, and so yeah, they probably try. I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. But uh, so Venezuela has become one of the most endangered uh, and, uh, and also uh, po- uh, uh, poor countries in the, in, the, in in all South America mm-hmm. and in the world. Not because of lack of resources, because in my personal view, mismanagement in many ways of resources and opportunities that co- that has. Have come to our to that country, yeah. So, I, I think the tension has been, you know, racing and racing for many years already. And on top of that, not having enough resources to eat and medicines and you know, the care, the, the social care, the social services, uh, security. So, it's very complex. So, you don't know what to do if you were living there to survive. So, that's what, what I Try to understand only by reading papers or Facebook posts or whatever. It's more like directly with people that I know that are living there. Obviously, my family and friends. So
0: yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I had to, you know, I see the news articles and and read some stuff. I had to familiarize myself with a little bit of the background uh, so that we could talk uh, today's show. And it was interesting to, to. To learn about the history of Venezuela and to learn about the oil reserves and that was the richest country in South America Oof. 20 or 30 years ago. And with those with those funds, uh, Chavez funded a lot of government programs, but then the oil prices are volatile and they go up and down. And when the oil prices fell, um, I, you know, like many countries do, they're running in a deficit. And then when the oil prices continued to stay down, it's kind of super simplified. That's kind of where they're they are now. Their economy was based on something that gave them value and now it gives them a small percentage of of what it used to give them. And so the programs have become unsustainable and the economy has has become unsustainable. Um, Tell me, uh, being from Venezuela and, um, you know, you came here and maybe many of us don't know, you know, when that was that you came to the States, but what does it feel like personally uh, having some family back there and some family even having to leave what does it feel like that your home country is the state that it's in?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, when we came here, when we left, the country was not that way. Okay. I mean, they were—the revolution, as they call it, uh, was a starting, so we didn't come only because of that. We came because we already had a plan to come here and to do personal stuff, like ma- me studying, you know, a master's degree in theology, all, all different kind of personal plans, but— uh, You know, we left a country that was kind of, what we said was doing okay, not necessarily great, but it was doing okay. And little by little, it it, it, it has become an unmanageable country, basically. So it's really hard to look at that. Even though when you say, uh, somebody like me and my family, this is our, no- our new country now, mm. America, United States of America, that doesn't take away the feeling that you're losing a big piece of your life. Yeah. Not only by leaving it, because when you leave it, when you, you left, you can't come back. Mm. But like it is right now, you can't come back. I mean, what will you come back for? And then instead of coming back, you, you need to find ways to support your own family, your own friends if you can But yeah, so the feeling is this feeling of uh, sometimes like an emptiness, you know, that you can't, you don't know how, what to do with that. Mm. Uh, I don't want to sound like it's depressing, but it could be depressing uh, because it's like, imagine this, and and that probably will be a very hard uh, image, but it is like that. Taking away one of the fingers of your hand or your whole hand. I mean, even if you feel that you still have it, uh, you don't. So that, that. That was the feeling that I that I had, and I have still sometimes I have to struggle with that uh, because you want the best for that place where you came from, from your for your family, for your friends, and so. And you don't see that that's happening right now.
0: Yeah, I, I would imagine. Thank you for sharing that. I would imagine it's it's a little bit like grieving a loss because that that country that you knew um, and the way of life and. Um, whatever comfort you had to know that your family was doing okay um those those things are removed and those things are gone and you grieve kind of that you can no longer rest assured that uh things are at least safe and 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 manageable um your family's safety and and, and future um i would imagine that that's that's kind of the feeling that you go through thank you for for sharing that um i don't think it was being dramatic you, you know I think it's important for us to, to consider, um, especially being, uh, being your friend, you know, what, what are the feelings that you're going through and what it must be like, uh, to have to struggle with, um, that kind of thoughts and feelings about your home country. Um, if you could share a little bit, um, within, you know, whatever is safe, you know, within reason, um, some of your family decided to move, you know, what is that, thats uh, that, is that is that common for people to to leave venezuela can many people do
1: that and then what kind of where how are they doing now and what was that process like well first of all yeah some of my family members have left the country uh at least one of them have come back uh because it was not possible to still continue to live in argentina argentine okay. uh but yeah first of all it's really hard to decide to leave secondly uh then when you decide to leave, you have to deal with the feelings of leaving other family members behind. And the third thing will be, I'm talking about your regular process, but I'm talking, talking about it in the context of the difficulties that they are going through right now. Right. The third is, how do you come up with the, the resources to go out? Uh, it's not just crossing the border. <laughs> yeah. You need to go to a particular place. You might have to f- pay for for a legal process. So it, it is very uh, challenging. So, But I know hundreds of hundreds of people are leaving the country every day. That is becoming even more challenging now because Colombia is the main border. Uh, you know, Colombians and Brazil, they are the two uh, main borders. And and those countries are already tired of getting to, uh, trying to support or not, the Venezuelan people that are wanting to go to their countries or beyond. Like in Colombia's case, you know, some people want to stay in Colombia. Most of them don't want to do that, they want to emigrate farther south, like, you know, um, Ecuador or Peru, maybe Argentina. So you have to have a lot of resources and connections, basically. And how many people can do that? Not many, but some people are taking the risk to go to the unknown, basically. Mm. I've seen places where, you know, people have come up with shelters, Mm. you know, that they have to do it by themselves. So, like recently, we have a very difficult situation at the Brazilian border, because somebody, something very bad happening in the border, Brazilian side, and they were blaming the Venezuelans. Therefore, they, some of the residents there, uh, wanted to attack and actually attack the Venezuelans mm. there, wow. and they had to run back to their to the their Venezuelan border. And so they they, you know, put on fire the tents, and it was really difficult. Only according to what I read just recently, just to find out that the person who committed the crime was just another Brazilian brazilian people not venezuela but it doesn't matter the what matters there is there is no safety for people emigrating other places at this moment yeah
0: wow that's scary uh one of the things that we've talked about over the years is um and maybe earlier on when things weren't quite so as so bad is it would be really neat to to do a trip there a a mission trip or uh kind of an immersion trip and um it'd be very excited and you, you you were excited to the potential to go back but you had concerns, uh, wh- what is kind of, from your perspective, you know, kind of the, uh, I guess the safety concern, but you know, wh- why is it that it would be difficult for a church or someone who has a desire to help to go down and, and, and be on the ground and, and help in that way?
1: Yeah, so the best way right now to help is not necessarily to go in there, because there are a lot of safety concerns, uh, and obviously there are places where it's safer than others, uh, but uh, in Venezuela, but it, but it basically, will, it will be better to empower the people that are that's already there working, you know, even working alongside the government. It doesn't matter if they agree with the policies or not. But uh, already working there, that will be the best way to help out, other than coming. I don't think um, Venezuela was very welcoming. Always has mm. been a very welcoming country, but obviously with these changes and all this struggle the last thing that you want to do right now is to expose yourself to people that, that might see you as somebody that uh, might help you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and Because you cannot help everybody necessarily, mm. but you could help them directly by supporting the people that is already working there mm. on their behalf. Yeah. So that would be a great way to support.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so on that note, you know, one of the things that we talked about before the show is, you know, what is... Uh, the, what's the Christian response uh, to the Venezuelan crisis, and you know how can we um, support? Like, and you gave some examples of empowering, but like, even if even as we think about our prayer life and and, and we think about how we um, how we act as God's hands and feet on on the globe and internationally, you know, how can we respond as, as Christians here in Orange County to uh,
1: not just empower and act, but to
0: to think and pray differently about Venezuela?
1: Well, first of all, don't be indifferent. You know, it's pretty easy to think that's that's something that is happening somewhere else. Mm. Uh, You know, uh, it's easy to go that route because there are so many problems in the world that you can think of that particular case as something, one more thing that is happening out there. So you probably need to, we need to be more um, attentive to those feelings of this missing reality. I mean, that's knocking on our doors, basically. You know, we already have many Venezuelans that have, that have already come to the United States. Now that they're going to be, um, I mean, that they're going to be able to stay, I don't know, but they are trapped So um, one, so don't be indifferent, indifferent to it. Do not pray like maybe something can happen. I want to invite people to pray like something is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Don't pray like, you know, just in case we'll see what happens. No, no. I mean, I think we have to be a little bit more bold in praying for for Venezuela and for whatever country. Uh, Bold in asking particular, specific things. You know, not just Lord bring peace, but take away whatever is... uh, uh, basically restraining the peace in Venezuela. Mm. It's not just bring peace, but there are things that are restraining that peace to come. Uh, And I think it's really hard to name things, but basically in your private prayer you can. You know, you can say, you know, there are particular uh, people or structures that are basically stopping that to happen. So we want you to do that. Uh, God, please, right? So I think we need to be more specific when we are praying for for a place like that, like Venezuela. So the third thing is um, we, in our PPC case, you know, if we can continue to support the ministries that we are supporting right now, like Avanza and the Presbyterian Church of Venezuela with the feeding program and the other programs, that would be awesome. I mean, I don't think we can ask more than this for now, Mm -hmm. but I think at the same time, if you know there are other people that will be willing to support these programs, uh, yeah, that would be another way, you know, to encourage other people to partner with PPC and go beyond PPC, right? So, so what do you think?
0: Yeah, that's great. No, I mean, it's, I think those are really uh, really good uh, things that we can do. And I like it. You, you talk about how it starts with the way that we think. And if, if, if we uh, go, move from indifferent to caring and compassion, uh, then God can move in our heart to pray with faith for big things to happen if we're indifferent, then our prayers are going to be like, you know, if you could, can you do something there? But if we're, if we feel, um, a compassion and empathy, we're going to pray that God moves and does, and does really big things. Um, well, thank, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, I really appreciate your perspective. And, um, if, uh, I think another time I'd love to hear all all the things that you love about Venezuela. And I know we had to talk about kind of the crisis because it's what's going on in the news, but it would be great to hear, um, some of the great things that you remember and some of the great things about the country because I think God um, you know, loves loves all those people and loves all of us and really uh, desires to bless them and bring back some of those those great things. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening uh, today and don't forget to subscribe to the show on, on iTunes or to subscribe on Android and uh, we'll see you Sundays at 10 a.m. Thanks for being on the show, Alfredo.
1: Thank you.